Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's a uh, it's an Andy Staples Show search firm edition. Uh, we are here with the first job candidate that the Andy Staples search firm has presented to a school. Now that school has yet to hire, as we're recording this, an athletic director. So I actually have no person to present this candidate to. But this is the guy who should be your next head coach, Kansas. This is Kevin Kelly. He's the head coach at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. You know him as the high school coach who does not punt, but there's so much more to that. And I want to talk to Kevin about that because when, when I wrote the column saying, hey, Kansas, you need to consider this guy, I had people reach out to me and say, I want to hear this guy on the podcast. I want to know, is he, is he as crazy as, as he sounds? So Kevin Kelly, you are you, let, let, let's just go first through the basics of your team. You go for every fourth down. You onside kick after every score. Do do you go for two every time? No, no, no. I've got a calculated reason that I go for two. I go for two on the first two scores of the game, and then subsequently afterwards, you know, according to my my formula. So, and that formula is based on just on the math, where yeah, if, yeah, yeah. So if you can go yeah, up, I try, eight, I try to jumble. Or... Yeah, yeah. I try to jumble it up at first. And then see what happens later on. I mean, if you, if I go for too early, I'm going to make it well more than 50 percent of the time. I'm, we're a little better on offense, and and uh, I can't. I, I I did a coach's clink the other day, and I was they wanted me to speak about going for two, and I said I, I happened to look at our scores and on, on huddle that we show our video on our on our video thing, and I had five scores in the game where it was 16 to seven, so we had scored. Mm-hmm went for two and made it. And, you know, if we make it 50, 50, it's just going to be 14 to seven if they score, but we made it, if we make it both times and they don't chase us at 16 to seven, they've only had the ball once, but they're down two scores. It's a psychological game with those guys. So I found another little edge I like, and I started using that. Well, and that, that's the thing is the psychology of this is I think is more important than the math. Uh, and cause I, I, when I, at my old job, I was in Dallas to cover a, a season opening game I can't, I think it was, it may have been Florida State and, and Oklahoma State or something. It was one of those games. You were playing Highland Park, which is uh, right next to SMU. This is a, a program that, that is known for producing really good players. The the great walk-on corner that, that's at Arkansas right now uh, is from Highland Park. And, and he was actually a freshman, like water boy on that team. He was on the JV. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but at the time of this game, Highland Park had not lost a game at home since 1989 and you beat them 40 to 13 that night with a team that does not did not have the kind of college level talent that, that I think Lane Hatcher was your quarterback at the time right right he was so, a d- d- yeah so a division one, one QB but the rest of the team probably not right as, as as talented so what amazed me was watching the other sideline when you guys go for for it on fourth down 
when you guys were onside kick, they you, the coaches just did not look comfortable. It looked like they were. It, I, I liken it to when it, when a team's down thirteen with three minutes to go, they almost always score that first time because they're playing that way, and you play that way the whole game. Yeah, you know, and 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 you mentioned it. But as a matter of fact, your little snippet that you did, I think, for Sports Illustrated at that time, I really thought characterized what we do the best when you talked about, you know, basically playing like you're behind, like people do for two minutes, but we do it the whole game. And you're right, the psychology of it. And and I've had all these guys that do all the numbers and the analytics sites, and I've begged them to put something in to be worth the psychology involved. And of course, they can't do it because they want a constant. They want to know what it's worth, right. and and they don't know. They're so math they people. Yeah, but yeah, I'm terrible I, at math. I promise it's worth something. I mean, I could, like you said, I really do. I I I tell our kids not to do it, but I spend time in the game looking at the other sideline, debating on some of the decisions I'm going to make if it's a close to fifty fifty one. If I'm not sure if we should do that or not, and really let them help because it's a big deal. But but overall, you know, it, it, we focus on the psychology for them, but it's a big psychological factor for us as well. I mean, it is a huge deal when we hit one of these because I preach the numbers to our kids and they know like our kids know we're 136 and five when we recover an onside kick. I brainwash them into knowing what that number is and knowing what it means, because when we do it, I'll have a kid come off the field. It doesn't matter if it's the first kick of the game and go, coach, we won this one. It's the first kickoff of the game. And so, but if they believe it, they just play better, play with more confidence, all those kinds of things. So you told me three state titles in your first 11 years. And you were doing, you had already kind of decided to ditch the punting and, and you were doing the onside kicks just because not, of analytics. Not completely ditch, yeah. Andy. We, we've punted eight times in 16 years. <laughs> I was there well, for one completely. of them. Not I watched you. I watched right. you explain to your quarterback <laughs> how to punt a football. It was hilarious. You, I have. I, I, I think somewhere in my house, I still have the the raw video of you saying, "Drop the ball onto your foot and just kick it." But when you never practice it, you'd figure he probably knows how to punt. But I have to tell him which foot to step with, so it's just a one step yeah. punt, and we literally never talk about it. It, it was it was like fourth and thirty six from your own fourteen yard line, so there really you didn't really have an option there. But so I, I do want to ask about this though, because three state titles in the first eleven years since you decided to go completely analytics crazy, six state titles in seven years. What were some of the things that you immediately identified that said that were you found inefficiencies that you could exploit? You know, that, that's really when I really started looking and studying what wins games the most, you know, and, and that's considering offense, defense, and everything. You know, before I was looking at numbers and field position, points expected, things like that. And then I wanted to look what, and if you just look at them, you know, people go turnovers and turnovers do determine 80% across the board, all levels of football. But then if you start looking, really plays over 20 yards was even bigger. So it's like, okay, well, we need to go back and research on offense. What's going to get us 20 yards, run those plays more, or how do you set up for those plays? Not just the moment right. of 20. Everybody's like, well, everybody wants a 20-yard play. Yeah, but it's setting yourself up, designing plays for it, those kinds of things. And then on defense, according to our defensive philosophy and our style, I needed to go back and look and go, what causes us to give up more 20-yard plays? 
you know, is it a certain defense? Is it a certain front? Is it a certain blitz? Is it whatever, you know, because it's, it's more likely what we're doing. So I started studying those things. And then I found there was a, a number with sacks that sacks was really high. 77% of all college games were won by who had the most sacks. And it's like, wait a minute, well, we need to find better passing tendencies for them, especially ones that a quarterback holds the ball a little longer. We need to make sure we've got a well-designed blitz and take away what they're trying to do formationally in that one to make them hold the ball longer. So we started doing that. And then I found some things about our own defense and offense. And, and, and I just really started not just doing that, but building and practicing our team around that. For instance, I found that on the first play of the series, if they don't make four yards in college football, it drops their percentage chance of scoring, even this year too. And that was years ago. And it's still the same this year. It went down 40% just on whether they made four yards on that first play or not. So there's no play in the drive that determines whether you're going to score or not. So we started focusing on that moment. Teams have a tendency on the first play of the drive. An offensive coordinator has certain things he likes from different points. And we have a section every week for 10 minutes where we work on the first play of the drive and our defense is familiar and they know the number. And that changed everything for us. Well, and, and you also, when we were talking the other day, we were talking about how <clears throat> you shouldn't run on the first play of a drive because you're trying to gain more than four yards. And, and that sounds crazy at first, but let's, let's break this down. And I, again, I'm terrible at math, but let's say you are an awesome team at running the ball that you gain six yards a carry. Well, most of the time you're going to gain less than four if you get right. average six yards a carry. Right. So, well, uh, not most of the time. See, I told well, you I'm bad at math, but a lot of the time you will gain less than four. Yeah, but you said it. You, you, I heard you talking about it or read about it somewhere where the other day you said it best. You know, if you're a great, I mean, a great running team, six yards is, is all you can expect. I mean, I would never throw if I a, ran for six yards a carry, by the way. That's my analytics. You, you would if you threw for 10 yards a throw, <laughs> then you'd be silly not to. But, but no, I mean, a good, a good running team, if you get six yards, that's great. That's fantastic. But a bad passing team will average six yards a throw. I mean, really? Yes. So That's you're terrible. like, okay. Yeah. Six yards yeah, an attempt is a terrible yards per attempt. Yeah, it's a terrible. So, so you'd be silly if the number is four on the first play of a series. You'd be silly to not take a bad throw over a good run, you know, without the, being able to predict that it's going to be a 25-yard run. You don't know at that moment. But you'd be silly to do that. And that's what teams do time after time. Of course, it, it affects us differently because our first play of the series, we've got four down. So mine's really second down. We need we need four yards by second down by the time that down's over with. But, but for everybody else, it's insane that those numbers are out there and people don't use them. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You've talked about this too, and this is, it's, it's so funny because we keep coming back to the same thing, numbers versus psychology. The, 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 the analytics honks want it to be all about the numbers, you, because you're actually coaching these guys on the field, are looking at the psychology of this too. But there's there's a, a second piece to the psychology where, and, and you always say this, as coaches, you guys tend to do what your favorite coach did. Your philosophy tends to mirror that person's philosophy. And it's hard to deviate. Yeah, you know, I, I, was, I like to read about the psychology of people and coaches. And that's when I, I read something and... and tried to check a source. And, and then I started asking around, you know, what do you guys do? But I saw the number was 85% of coaches, you know, and the co- they surveyed 10,000 coaches at all levels. Said, you know, w- what do you base it on? They gave them like four choices. And it was, we base our philosophy, our thoughts, even our practice schedules on what our high school or college coach did. And I looked at that and I thought that, that, that makes sense that that's what they would do. That doesn't mean it's the best thing because, of many reasons, but, but when you look at that and you look and they're like, what what are we, what are we making our decisions based on? And most of it is habit, old school thought. The game has changed in different ways. We're given more information to choose from and we're still choosing, you know, that way. If you watched, uh, I I forgot the name of the movie. It's it's something about the old West and and it had a crazy, it had one of the crazy former SNL guys wrote it was actor. And it showed a hundred years ago, the guys that when they had an earache, they would take you into the doctor and, and they would let a bird peck your ear thinking he would get the mites or the infection or peck it out of your ear. You know, you go a hundred years later and what we're doing in football is akin to we've been given better information than to let the bird peck it out, but we're still letting the bird peck it out sort of. And, and it's like, why are we still using what we've used for years to determine how we're going to do it on the field? We, we've got to establish the crow. We it's not establish the run. We're going to establish <laughs> right. the crow. That might so, be a catch t-shirt thing we could put on and sell it across America. I didn't, you know, well establish, establish the Jayhawk. No. So I, this is <laughs> what I want to ask because when I wrote this, people are like, Oh, sure. He wins in high school. He's got better players than, than everybody. And, and you do have talented players relative to your, your classification in Arkansas, but I, I you also go, differ, but okay. I beg to differ, but okay. We had okay. three kids okay. on our team over 200 pounds, three. This year, <laughs> well, and, and that's what I point out. You you do, you do seek out good competition. Where uh, Life Christian right. Academy, for example, from Virginia that came that has uh, the, the the highest rated signee in Tennessee's class, and uh, basically, oh, I think I counted up nine guys with with Power Five either non Power Five scholarships or, or offers for next year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot, and you guys beat them. But so you know, how would or would you change? what you do if you went to the college level? 
let's say you went to to, to Kansas or if you went to right. to a, a group of five school or, or an FCS school, how, how would you change that if you were at the college level? Number one, I would try to go, I mean, you know, I would research more numbers that were applicable to me in that situation. Um, I would I would even go by conference. I think conferences have characteristics that are different as you move. The Big Ten's can be a little different than the Big 12 and Big 12 is a little different than the SEC. I'd try to make it more akin to those moments. And, uh, you know, but but I would try to go more by the numbers, especially in the punting world and the, and the kickoff world. I think that whatever the numbers say, there are a little bit more it's a little more towards where I am than more towards traditional coaches are because they're not factoring in the psychology. But that all said, I would use the numbers a lot more on those, those decisions, but I think it would help me be able to find better things on when you should take a penalty. Every little decision, like, like if, if you're the, if you're the head coach of another team and, and I've got the ball and we throw it in this incomplete pass and it's going to be third and 10, say it was second down, or you can have second and 20 you know, that's a tough decision. You know, uh, some teams you should want third and 10. Some teams you might want second and 20, depending. But I would I would research it down every week. I'd give my GAs and go, I need to find out what the best answer is in every one of these situations possible, even on the penalties and stuff, because every little decision affects a little bit at that moment, whether you've got a better chance to win the game or a worse chance to win the game. And they, I call it the casino theory. All those little 1%, add up if you play craps in the casino you've got if you play it straight like you if you play just the pass line they've got a they've got a 0.8 percent advantage on you blackjack it's a point and a half but they all add up and they build those giant casinos with your money and i want to be able to build that winner based off those little percentages adding up and that's what i would do well and that's the sort of thing that does not require getting five stars at every position right yeah. absolutely you're gaining an advantage I call it, and, and you know, and, and my friend Coach Belichick is the best in the business. I think it's look at look at that know. look at that drop in. Look at the name drop right there. Your friend well, Coach Belichick. Even, I, well, I say all that to say he taught he taught me this without even knowing he taught me this, and that is this: there's ways to get better without making your team physically any better, without having a different player come in, without anything, and that's simply by some of these decisions you make that give you a better chance to win. And, and uh, you know, I just watch, I watch them and I'm just mesmerized by, by how they get, I call it getting better without getting any better. And you're getting better at winning the game without getting better as a football team, without practicing an extra minute or anything like that. So look, look, now I'm trying to segue in for you. Too, uh, I, I appreciate that. If you're <laughs> watching the video coach, can you show them the mug? Let's oh. let's show him the mug on the video. We got Patriot Pat on this mug. Old now, school Patriot, yeah, I like. Oh, old I know. School. I when when I play Madden against my son, when I whip him at Madden, I uh, I always change the Patriots uniforms to oh. Patriot Pat. So, uh, but no, he. Uh, so Bill Belichick, you got to know him. He's reached out to you. You reached out to him. Uh, the relationship started right when you knew somebody who knew him. You happened to be speaking at a clinic, and they had a game. And I was I was at an I was actually doing an analytics for speaking at the analytics department at Notre Dame, not the football. Everybody's like, "Oh, oh we're wow. the coaches." No, they had an analytics department for companies, not for sports. And uh, somebody had me up, and I spoke, and I was there. And somebody, you know, there were they were playing in Indianapolis, so I was speaking on a Saturday and Sunday, 
and they're playing Sunday night football. It was the infamous game. You remember where Indianapolis had the two guys on the fourth down? It was that yeah. one. But, but, uh, <laughs> and through somebody, somebody said, Hey, you know, uh, coach wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind meeting you after the game. I mean, you know, I'm just like, that's unbelievable, you know? So, so my son happened to be with me and we went down and they left us tickets and, and went in. And then after I was just praying, you know, God, please help him win this game. Cause I didn't know if I wanted to go. <laughs> Might try be in to, a mood. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to try to meet him after the game or if he's going to be in a bad mood, but they won. And, and uh, we went down after the game and struck up a relationship and, you know, he threw out that, that, you know, Hey, if you're, if you're ever in new England, come by and see me, you know, that kind of a deal. And I'm like, whatever, you know, no, nobody, everybody just says that nobody means it. Then I started thinking, I don't know if Bill just says anything. And, uh, my son actually pushed well, me to do what, What's, what's so. the, what's the introduction like when you use it? It's like, Kevin, uh, I'm very interested in, in what you do. Uh, uh, can we talk about long snappers for about 45 minutes? <laughs> no, not, you know, it was interesting. It was, uh, he, it was after the game and, you know, he's pretty stoic obviously at times. And, and, uh, you know, it was just an intro and, and, and really what was pretty cool was, you know, he made it about that my son and myself, you know, he, he knew my son was playing high school football at that time. And, and he made it about him, Zach, I, you know, I don't know if he just told somebody, go look up some stuff about this kid or whatever, but he knew about him, made him feel good. Like any really he, he was scouting him for the draft. <laughs> yeah. I don't Who knows? But, but, and then he was like, Hey, <laughs> he turns you know, over every rock. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. So, but he was real nice and it was all about us, which, which now that I know him better, you know, is, is really more the way he is, but, but it was all about us and it was a pretty cool, easy going, just conversation about things. Well, and, and you guys have talked quite a bit since, and, and, uh, obviously you did have been invited to new England cause MIT has you come out and talk, but uh, what, what is that like, uh, you know, when, when Bill Belichick wants to talk ball? You know, I mean, it's it's weird. You know, at first I was uncomfortable because I'm like, he knows more than I mean, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. That old saying, you know, and and uh, it was strange, but you know, I just you know, I, I just learn a lot. What would he'll put video up there and talk, and and we'll talk through things and stuff. And I'm amazed at every little detail and you know things he's thinking of that they you know that I don't think other people have thought of, and it's taught me to think a little bit differently, but but it's real relaxed. It's a lot of fun. And I'll be obviously, you know, now I'm past the excitement of it being Bill Belichick, but I do often sit back and go, how in the world did this kid from Arkansas get to be with probably the greatest coach? Let's be honest. That's ever coached any sport. If you look at sheer success. Well, and, and now he probably has even more reason to call you because one of your former players just signed to play for him, Hunter Henry, the, the tight end. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, no five. You did have a five star at one point. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and Hunter is, is going to New England. But I, I wanted to ask you about this because, you know, they signed Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. We, we know they've had a lot of success in 12 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends, 22 personnel, two back, two tight ends, which the rest of the game is kind of, moved away from, come back to, moved away from again. So when you look at what they've done, what do you think when, what do you think the wheels are, are doing turning in, uh, in coach Belichick's head? I think, I think you do a few things. I think one, you do, I think you, he probably looks, and now I'm speculating on this. <clears throat> he probably looks and sees, 
I need to do what, what not as many people are doing. It makes it tough to prepare for. I think we all know that. I think you look back in their history, and not only they have a lot of success with Hernandez and Gronkowski, but they obviously were really good scheme-wise. I know that with the opportunity, you know, play action is the number one thing you can do in football as far as efficiency in place. When you have two tight ends and you line them up on different ends, not necessarily on the same side, but not even one's a slot, but if you have them lined up, you create a whole extra gap for the defense to have to clog up when it comes to the run. You create an extra problem there. And then play action, when you've got to have a linebacker on one of them and a safety on the other one, that creates all kinds of not only matchup problems, but when you play action, that linebacker still got to come downhill and play the run at the same time the tight end's running past him. That's what really puts him in a hole. So I'm sure he's thinking about all those, those things. And at the same time, people would argue that between John U. Smith and, and Hunter, you might have arguably two of the best receiving tight ends right up there with, with Kelsey right now. And you've got to find a way to stop both of them and at the same time stop an extra gap in the running game. So I, I'll bet all that came into, into thought process for sure. Well, that's, that's what I'm a big fan of any sort of positional versatility that allows you to basically change personnel groups without taking anyone off the field. That's, I, I cover college football. It's all about speed. It's all about being able to, to, to change your look without changing personnel because then you can run a play fast. Not, this, not as important in the NFL, I guess, but it still seems like it's important. When, you know, and and I, I'm curious with you because you, I mean, you line up in some different formations now. I, I was watching the, the, the Life Christian game, and, and you lined up in what looked like uh, Coach Spurrier's old Emory and Henry formation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what – what do you? What are the the kind of things that you think about in terms of positional stuff? Because that is something you know. Everybody went one back. Everybody did this. Every, have you decided? Okay, we need to bring back a fullback, or we need to have a tight end be an H back, or we we can make this guy look like a tight end or a fullback. Or what what do you do on that front? You know, I think you made a good point, but I think it's important to stay ahead of everybody. And you said you know maybe it's not as important in the NFL, but I, I think it is. We all know the substitution rules now. Well, I say we all do, but most of us know the substitution rules and things like that. Instead of, you know, college football, well, in the NFL, got real big into personnel, bringing in different personnel. And you, you touched on something that I don't think that even coaches think is important, as you just mentioned that it was. And that is, what if you could show them various looks and do different things, but without changing personnel so the defense can't change either? They're so used to every game, everybody subbing in and they can change personnel. What if you make that linebacker, that group of linebackers stay in on third and long? And if you can do that without, with, without losing what you think is an advantage by putting your personnel in, that's what I do. I take my guys and I teach my running back to be a receiver. Is he going to be as good as the receiver I could put in for him? No, he's not. But is he, is it overall better for us if I don't sub in and they can't sub in? If I think the answer is yes, I'm going to teach to that. And I think that's where the game will end up going before it's over with. If you already look at now, you know, we, we had the old running back back in the Tony Dorsett days that the, the Walter, that they didn't come out, you know, they didn't come out on third down. They were in the whole time. Then it became more specialized. But when you sub them out and the defense started subbing guys in, they became more specialized. But when you do have that one guy that you don't have to take out and you can maybe even hurry up a little bit, not let them sub in for tremendous advantage. And I think that's what the Patriots will get out of these two. 
Now that guy's name is Saquon Barkley, so we'll see if the the Giants can can do that well, too. But that's my that's my argument. Is don't take. They haven't shown the ability to be able to do a great job with right. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he, he keeps getting hurt. But my Giants, my thing I'm with, open for consulting if you need me. There you go, Daniel Jones. <laughs> he got some wheels. Uh, yeah. I think I, I think you shouldn't draft a, a running back in the first round unless he would also be your best slot receiver. I think yeah. the, like a Christian McCaffrey type is is what you want in terms of versatility, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for that. I it's it's interesting because I just thought about this. I'd never thought about it this way before, but it's kind of what the NBA's done. The NBA has gone to a bunch of guys that all essentially would play would have played the same position 20 years ago. Like they all would have been threes 20 years ago. Right. But right. now now they they can all do so many. Now there are still seven footers, but those seven footers can go shoot from from 20 feet. They can they can right. hit from deep. So. That's that's the part in football that I think, and I think you're seeing it on defense. You know, you got your Derwin James types and the uh, the Jabril Peppers types that that play a bunch of different positions. So I think it's that's where the chess match is: is how many how many guys that can look like they're five different positions can you collect? And I think that's where it'll go. You know, you start looking at look at linebackers twenty years ago and the size, the raw size of those guys, and look at them now, they're much smaller guys now because they've got to be able to run. They've got to be able to play pass defense because teams are throwing the ball more. And I think you're exactly right. If you look at Golden State a few years ago when they were great, did they have a true center? No. they. No. Had, I mean, Draymond was about as close as it got, and they were running some guys in, but they could all shoot threes. They could all handle the ball a little bit when they were at their best. And and I think that's what teams are doing on both sides. You look, I think the Christian McCaffrey, the reason he signs the big contract at a at running back when you're not supposed to, aside from the owner not being very bright about it, like like the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott. But but if you if you look at that, if you do find a guy, I think you're wait, right wait, that can so you, do everything. Go ahead. You're saying that that Zeke's great rookie year might have had something to do with them having the best <laughs> offensive line in the NFL at the same time. Yeah, I think I think I think numbers have proven that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, me, you and I could have ran for seven or eight hundred behind that line. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> we could have stayed I, healthy through the year. I was, we were, we were looking at pictures. The thing on Twitter the other night was posting pictures of of great athletes when they were in high school, just to see how freakishly different they were than other people. I, mm -hmm. I posted the Tyron Smith as a sixteen, as a six foot five, two hundred sixty five pound, sixteen year old with like two percent body fat. Like, it's not even fair. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. I mean, that's a chess, that's a chess match that you're going to win hundred percent of the time. Exactly. So, well, so I got to ask you, you also brought in some financial because you think differently on all fronts. When I mentioned the Kansas job to you, you brought in some different financial incentives as well. You know, they, they've they've just been paying normal rate, like you know, <laughs> three million normal, bucks a year for a coach. Normal power five rate. Yeah. So. All right. They haven't hired the AD yet, but when I when I bring this package to the AD, when I bring when the search firm shows up, I'll I'll bill them later. Don't you worry. But what's what's the financial package here? You know, if you look at it, the world we live in, are you going to go? You know, if you want to go buy a vehicle and you want to pay, let's say, pay thirty thousand dollars for some sedan, four door sedan. But you're only getting, you know, at 50,000 miles, it breaks down and never runs again. You know, those people that drive cars, you're not going to buy that car very often. You're not going to keep doing that. You're going to look to do something different, you know. And I think that's what a school like Kansas is doing. And so many schools, let's be a, except for they keep buying the same type of car that breaks down and doesn't give them the return they want. And 
And Kansas is, I'm an analogy guy, if you can't tell him, I don't even know if that was a good one, but, but if you look and you, and, and, you know, so many fans are mad, look what we've paid for at the end of it. And I'm sure the school president and the, and the board and all those guys do the same thing. Look what we paid for. We didn't get it. What are we going to do? Well, let's go get another recycled guy and pay him and because this time it's going to be better. And then he doesn't work and it's, well, this time it's going to be better. So why not get what you pay for? And the only way you get what you pay for, if it's an incentive plan, and I'm willing to do it for $90,000 a win. So if you're Kansas, I think they went over last year, instead of paying a total of 4 million to somebody, you would pay me zero. Now, this sounds arrogant. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm just telling you, there's no way a Coach Kelly team is going to go over. I don't care if it's the Power Five or whatever. It's not going to happen. But at the end of the year, if if they had paid zero, nobody's nobody's nearly as upset as you are when you pay $4 million and get zero wins. Yeah. But at the same time, what if we win 10 and you go, well, I mean, we'd be paying in 900000 You wouldn't tell – you don't tell me how much would they pay right now at Kansas – to be back where they were in 07, 08, wherever that was, when they were number one, number two in the country and winning, you know, 10, 11 games, I bet they would pay more than $900,000 right and, now. And, so and, they're coming and, out on top no matter what. When, when you do that, the speaking fee that Lockheed gives you when they bring you in to talk goes through the roof. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. So it's win-win for everybody. And, uh, but, but, you know, they win on the front end because realistically, what's going to happen? People are going to come to the game, whether they like it or not, they're coming to the game to watch. So if you look up at the empty Kansas stands, they probably got more people at a basketball game than they do a football game. If you look up in the empty Kansas stands, they're going to sell tickets immediately. Let's be honest. We're going to be in a little better time slot, probably immediately, because people are going to want to watch it across the country. And then that AD, whoever it is that hires me, if it works, and I think it will, He's going to be a genius because he did think differently. People are going to or, be wanting to could, hire this guy to she, resurrect their could basketball. Could she if you look at the list? Or so. she? Yes. My apologies yeah. to any to uh, to anybody in there. Just, it's a natural thing. That, that remember, this is the person who may be hiring you. So you right, got. I know. I know. Apologies already to the. Did, didn't mean anything by that because honestly, it does seem to me whenever I go talk at companies that the 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 women that hire me, the females that hire me, you know, there's different people that that are assigned to. They're always even more open to my craziness of thinking than, than the males are for some reason. Yeah, because so, they're not. They haven't been told this is how you do it right. forever and ever. And they haven't I, been that's the thing: fresh, fresh eyes, new ideas. That's the way to do it. And I, I just I, that's how you get better at anything. So for sure, we'll, I get we'll, better. We'll, I've, we'll, gotten, I've gotten way more ideas, honestly, from my friends that are orthopedic surgeons or own their own business than I ever have from football coaches. It's the truth because they're unbiased. They're not brainwashed into thinking this is how you have to do football. And I have them, they'll come watch practice or stand on the sideline of the game and go like, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, I've never thought of that before. You know, and, and you're right. That's where you get your best ideas when people aren't biased of, of the way everybody else does it. Well, I am, uh, I am putting you forward. Whoever gets hired as the Kansas AD, this, this, is, this is your man right here. 90 grand per win. There will be more than zero. It'll be a more than zero number. I'm not good at math, but I'm be I can do that math. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, thank you so much. 